Welcome to America Uncanceled on CPAC Now. We've all been watching this amazing uh, vote to see who will be the next Speaker of the House of Representatives. After three rounds of voting, the House is without a Speaker, and Republicans have failed to come to some kind of consensus. What does this mean for McCarthy and for the party overall? And what can we expect to see from Republicans today as they prepare for a new round of voting starting around midday? Uh, we thought about who could come on the show and really give us great commentary on what's really happening behind the scenes. Who do we come up with? We came up with Vince Colonnese, who's an editorial director at The Daily Caller, which is, if that is not part of your daily reading, start today. You ought to check out The Daily Caller each and every day. It's got great reporting and opinion pieces and the insights to what's really happening in politics. Uh, and of course, the host of The Vince Colonnese Show, which is day rigueur listening to in the area of the country I come from, uh, Vince Colonnese. Vince, thanks for being with us again on the show. Always great to be here, Matt. Thank you. Okay, so since I'm very self-promotional, I'm going to start with a tweet that I sent uh, after my first cup of coffee this morning. And I, I even said that I really had so many great tweets that I wrote yesterday and then deleted them mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it was a day just chock full of news. And my biggest disgust with the day was not the fracas with the Republicans. My biggest disgust was the just inept media coverage of what was happening. You had the left and the right piling on the Republican Party that you know they were destroying themselves. And you know, this word self-emulation uh, emulation had gotten out there. And uh, other like really like this is the end of the Republican Party. But here's my take this morning. And I want to uh, get your take. This whole fracas in the House was agitated by the cynical omnibus bill negotiated by Senate Republicans and quietly supported by establishment GOP, including, I think, pretty much everybody in GOP leadership. It's why conservatives in the House want spending reform now. After Boehner and Ryan let the Senate Republicans avoid all spending fights, it's time for a change. Uh, what's your reaction to that, Vincent? Do you have a different perspective? Yeah, it is time for a change. I. You know, if we pull back for a moment and think about what the state of the country is right now, it is people are becoming poorer. The reason they're becoming poorer is because of the out-of-control government and Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve, of course, supporting the out-of-control spending. We have two parties that have done really nothing to put the brakes on that spending and, in fact, have exacerbated it all at all costs. No meaningful debates are allowed to be had with the public. The public right. is constantly given head pats. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced today if somebody were to nominate Volodymyr Zelensky to be Speaker of the House, he'd win in a landslide. That's and right. actually, that would be convenient because then you could cut out the middleman. But That's right. This is, but this is basically two parties who have, by and large, not been serving the interests of the American people. And I don't think there's really much debate about that, including if, by the way, if I were to talk to the average Democrat voter, do you feel well served by Washington? I don't think they would say the answer is yes. So in other words, this we are in a crisis. And so people are not being served and everything's collapsing around them. Our institutions are totally corrupted, right? The FBI has been weaponized against the American people. The CIA has been weaponized against the American people. We have big tech companies who routinely are censoring people on behalf of the regime. We have banks that are debanking people based on their political views or maybe their adherence to the Second Amendment. Uh, it is all of our institutions are corrupt. So if that's going to be the situation, if we are about to find out, okay, who's going to be the next leader of this consequential body, the United States House of Representatives, we have to come in with this understanding. We're at war. So who would be a good wartime speaker? 
And is it possible that somebody who has been in leadership in the past can serve that function? So is it possible for Kevin McCarthy to rise to the occasion to do the battle that is necessary on behalf of the American people if he runs the House? I think it is possible. And if this process, which I love, by the way, I love this public battle. I love seeing these guys Me go too. toe to toe in public. Uh, I, if this process ends up with, A, either somebody who's more conservative than Kevin McCarthy, who, by the way, is really just a, a, a Washington figure. He is a, he's a weather vane for sort of, you know, all the various establishment priorities. If it, if it either ends up with a cons more conservative speaker or an improved Kevin McCarthy, that is a win. That in the, if the end of this process is Kevin McCarthy becomes a better speaker of the House, I'm going to chalk this up to a massive victory. So let me give you, let me ask some questions and give me the quickest answer you can. Sure. Is this conflict that's going on in the House conference, uh, is it a personality conflict or is it about bigger issues? It's both. It's absolutely both. So, so think about Kevin McCarthy and Matt Gates in particular. After, for instance, January 6th, remember we get that audio that comes out that Kevin McCarthy wanted to see Matt Gates right. banned from Twitter. Why can't they ban him from Twitter, too? So I don't think there's any love lost between these two guys. Uh, Matt Gates is a very eloquent and forceful defender of the American people and conservative values. He is also, I got a lot, you know, he's got a lot of personal animosity, I think, towards Kevin McCarthy. So I think both of those things are at play. But the reality is, as we saw them go into the second ballot yesterday, that cohesion behind Jim Jordan as the alternative is an expression, I think, of where these 20 members and yeah. perhaps more, depending on today's votes, want this country to go, which is to hold these bastards accountable that have done so much damage to our country. And Kevin McCarthy either needs to rise to that occasion or get out of this race. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, I, I watched a lot of Fox yesterday. I watched a lot of a, a lot of the coverage across. You had the daytime Fox, which was really kind of whipsawing these conservatives for making the fight. And then you had the Tucker Carlson Fox yeah. in primetime basically saying this is the fight we got to have. Yeah. In the end, where do you think grassroots Republicans are, grassroots conservatives? They are waiting to see what happens. And I say a lot of them are with Jim Jordan or at least against Kevin McCarthy. There's a lot of that. I, I, I realize, like, you know, Donald Trump now has come out, uh, including this morning, with two uh, endorsements of Kevin McCarthy. He's telling everyone, the guy, all these other Republicans, hey, just get in line, support and McCarthy. And he made phone calls. That's the other thing that's, that he has admitted on True Social, that he's actually whipping some people. Sure. And But you know what's interesting about this? This flies in the face of the media narrative that that somehow the right is a cult that is dominated by Trump's dictates. Yeah. So when President Trump comes out and he says something, people take it into consideration and then sometimes they disagree. Yep. And that's what we're seeing happen this morning. I'm seeing conservative after conservative saying, eh, thanks, but no thanks. I, I, I agree with you on so much. I'm thankful for your presidency. But on this one, I can't side with McCarthy. That's too establishment. Perfect. Well, I, let love me, this, uh, I love this fight. Let me offer uh, something that's akin to what you just said, which is you can love the presidency of Donald Trump, and you can love President Trump, I would put myself in both those camps. Sure. But you could also say that one of the things that Trump did not lead on was cutting federal spending, because what we've seen from Republican presidents is that's a nice tool for them, right? And uh, you have a lot of control as president to determine where funding would go. We haven't had a president since Reagan actually run on this idea that there's too much government spending and we have to do something about it. I think the central fight going on in the House of Representatives is will the Republican Party ever again 
make a fight on spending. Senate Republicans are out of that game, except for about five to ten of them. The rest of them, Mitch McConnell, the leader of this of this gang, they never want to fight on spending. They always want to increase spending. Now, they have their favorite spending, but they'll always give the left the spending they want as long as they get a little bit of that for the bridge in Kentucky or whatever else that they want a part of their spending. That's the old time politics, which yes. unfortunately has left us to this dire situation with runaway inflation and a debt that I don't think we can get under control. That's it. That's what you're exactly exactly right. Those two things, the inflation and the debt. And in particular, now people are feeling it directly. It was easier, by the way, when the Federal Reserve was printing out tons of cash and nobody could really notice. Right. So when the money's free, when it's, you know, one percent interest rates, then, yeah, of course, the government's spending crazy amounts of money. But eventually, you know, your debt comes due. And that's what's happening right now. So we have run out of money. We've printed too much. We've subsidized too much government spending for too many frivolous programs. And the end result is now you're paying over $6 for a carton of eggs. This, so you, you are at a point now where inflation is so out of control that everyone is becoming consequentially poorer and they're feeling it. And so as a result, yes, you need to get control of this. Let me, let me offer one other thing about Kevin McCarthy. So far, these guys who have been opposing him, and, and it looks like they're going to try and oppose him to the end. We'll see if any of them change that. They have scored concession after concession out of him in an effort to make him better. Now, it's sad that these so, so Vince, can you these walk be starting through, points. Can you walk yeah. through, because I think that's another thing that's been really poorly reported, at least on the major cable networks. What has Kevin McCarthy conceded on? All right, let me, I've got, I wrote down a list in preparation for this question. So here's, here's uh, some of the things he has signed up for using spending bills to defund federal programs, to defund them. That's what these, some of these guys have demanded. He's on board with that. Using those spending bills to fire specific federal officials. You can use the spending, the power of the House to fire federal Like officials. a special counsel, for instance. You, yes, or Anthony Fauci. You pick, pick your guy, you could fire them using this, this spending power. Reducing federal official pay, like say an Anthony Fauci, the highest paid federal official. You can end proxy voting. That's what they're going to do. Republicans, I think no matter who becomes speaker, they're going to end this ridiculous practice of proxy voting. They're going to end remote hearings. No more attending hearings in Congress from far away if you're a sitting member of Congress. Uh, he has said that he's open to a new select subcommittee on the weaponization of the government. That is to look clearly at the way the Biden administration is using the government to destroy civil liberties. That's a good thing. He says he's open to a church style investigation into the FBI and the CIA and their intelligence abuses against the American people. That would, by the way, be in line with what Tucker Carlson was calling for last night on his program from uh, McCarthy. Uh, he has said, and this one's a little squirrely, he says he wants Mayorkas to either resign or they will consider impeaching him. It's squirrely because when you say we will consider impeaching you, that's not good enough. The ultimatum should be resign or we will impeach you. But McCarthy is clearly coming in the direction of these guys. And, and lastly, the big one was he has agreed to um, uh, uh, basically a five-member threshold for a vote of no confidence yes. in the Speaker of the House. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. And um, what that means is, just like what they did with John Boehner in 2015, Republicans would be able to remove McCarthy as the Speaker of the House if they are dissatisfied with his leadership. So if in the end- It means, Vince, if he goes back on these commitments, they have yes. the ultimate uh, punishment, which is a vote of no confidence, essentially. Yep, absolutely. And so that, that would be a good thing. So 
In other words, all, this big list that I just read out, if he fails to live up to them, as you said, uh, there's a way, there's recourse here. And then we could actually see uh, a Speaker Jim Jordan. By the way, I've not seen anybody else, uh, at least on television, with kind of put the list out. And I myself was confused on what I was hearing from members of what he agreed to and didn't agree to. So the summary is, is that the House Freedom Caucus guys have gotten a lot of important concessions out of uh, Kevin McCarthy. They definitely have. They definitely have. And I think, you know, I we'll see. I'm not sure what how much more um, they want. Here, here's what, here's uh, it, what it I seems think to they me. Want. They clearly they it seems to me they just don't want him. I think they want him. Dude, out. Of can the I tell way. you what I think they want? I think the one yeah. sticking point left that that Kevin does not want to do, but I think he should do. And I think he's just do it on his own. He raises money. Obviously, there's the NRCC. There are various super PACs and C4s. Yes. Uh, that uh, are basically dominated and controlled by McCarthy and his advisors. And they have made the controversial decision, as Mitch McConnell did. I believe we don't have a Senate majority because uh, Mitch McConnell chose to spend his political money in a way consistent with who would vote for him to be the hopeful majority leader. Now he's still the minority leader because I don't think those decisions were made correctly. But Kevin McCarthy and the leaders in the House do similar things. They play in all these primaries. People like Mary Miller, who are voting on the speaker, yes. had to deal with Kevin McCarthy's money coming in against her in her own primary. If you lose those primaries, you've got a permanent enemy in most cases going forward. And wouldn't it be smarter for Kevin McCarthy to come out before noon today and say, look, I raise money from a, for a lot, from a lot of people for the Republican cause. Right. I'm not gonna use that money to try to hurt my colleagues in their primaries. If you're more yeah. conservative, then I am, and you want to be a member of the Congress, I'm going to embrace you instead of trying to defeat you. He needs to do something because at this rate, he won't be Speaker of the House. Yeah. So he needs to do something. So pledging not to primary incumbents, that would be a start. I, I did think of two other things at least um, that uh, Matt Gates and others have been saying. One was um, that they'd like to see, there's, I guess the Texas delegation had brought forward uh, a border uh, plan that they'd like to see taken seriously in the House and, and passed by the House. The other is... Uh, they'd like to see a vote on term limits in the House. They didn't say they didn't say forcibly impose term limits because you can't do that without the Senate, of course. But they would like to see the vote take place in the House to impose term limits on members of Congress. Uh, and McCarthy refuses to do that. I don't know why. He should just put it up for a vote. Uh, and and uh, you know that could be the, the vehicle for his speakership. That's what Matt Gates was saying the other day. So Nancy Pelosi. Uh, you know, they get a slender majority the last go around. And the question is, with all the AOCs and Ilhan Omars, the squad, and this very, very burgeoning group of what they like to call progressive, but I like to call just communist and America haters, um, with that big part of her caucus, there was a real question of whether Nancy Pelosi could survive and become the next speaker. So leave it to Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, who do a better job of falling in line because they are, they love centralized power and they let, they yes. know what their position is in that uh, crazy world. But behind the scenes, I believe to this day that she sat down with these people and said, what do you need? And they said, we want to vote on the Green New Deal. She said, done. She had said she wasn't going to vote on the Green New Deal. Next thing you know, she endorses the Green New Deal. Uh, she, had, she had run for speaker and they ran that cycle saying they would not impeach Donald Trump. Well, lo and behold... What do you think she told those folks behind closed doors? I think she said, you know what? 
I think we should, we're going to find a way to impeach Donald Trump. She gave them what they wanted quietly, yes. and she still only won by like two votes, but it doesn't matter. It wins a win here. Um, why did Kevin not decide to do the same thing, or was it impossible with this group because there, there was never going to be something that was good enough? Well, I, I think, I mean, these, these are good questions. I, I think that the left has a fundamentally different relationship with politics and power than the right does. The left is content with the Soviet style behind closed doors, uh, horse trading out yeah. of the sight of the American public, uh, where they mislead you about what's actually going to happen next. And in, in the meantime, um, they, you know, the, the realities are very different. Uh, and so anything that, that looks like a more robust public debate, I'm more comfortable with. I, I can't speak to, you know, McCarthy definitely could have done more behind the scenes, uh, obviously, to placate what is now, again, 20 people who are voting against him uh, to make them have some more confidence that he would be the right person to be Speaker of the House. But ultimately, I prefer this public debate. There's one other piece here that I, like, that, that I think drives people crazy um, around the country. In Washington, it's somehow become okay to be like, oh, well, Kevin McCarthy's earned this, to say things like that. And McCarthy, and the reporting seems to be that McCarthy thinks he's earned it. That's such an elitist attitude, such an entitled attitude. In, the, in this country, the founders didn't think this way. It wasn't like, oh, you're entitled to this position. You get to be the Speaker of the House. No, it was at the, it was with the permission of the people. That's right. And so, so this, that attitude needs to disappear. And whatever can chasten these people to destroy that attitude uh, would be is I'm I'm in favor of that. Well, so if this all process my, makes these guys more humble. I'm I'm for it. To all my friends who have gone on the various uh, television networks and radio shows with that message, that message of you better fall in line because Kevin McCarthy deserved it. No matter what your views of Kevin McCarthy, and I think both in you and I uh, can see a scenario where Kevin McCarthy is the speaker and he advocates for policies we care about. So. Yeah. I don't actually think this is a personal thing. I actually think this is a moment to actually where people want to get true reforms and how we decide. But yeah, I hearken so. back to the Kennedy Senate seat. Remember that, Vince? This is the Kennedy seat. Mm -hmm. And Scott Brown famously said, no, it's not. It's the seat of the people of Massachusetts. Yes. This is not Kevin McCarthy's speakership. It's not Mitch McConnell's speakership. It's not all of us who hang around D.C. speakership. It's the American people's speakership. And yes. each one of these members who are making these points in these votes, they're listening to their constituents who want change. Totally. And look, I mean, I know you have, I've, I've met all these guys, I've talked to all of them, I talked to them on my radio show, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Andy Biggs, Matt Rosendale, all of them. And, and I like all of them to, to varying degrees. I just think that I, I get nervous about everybody, including the people we like a lot. I get nervous about everybody because I, I don't want them to be compromised. I want them to live up to the promises that yep. they make. You know what I mean? And when they say they're going to take on big tech, you better do it. Stop. And and don't be like meeting with them behind closed doors and then taking their money. That That's all gross to me. You need to li this is This moment is too important. This moment is way too important. I was talking this week. Uh, on my show, you know, that maybe Jim Jordan will want it in two years. He doesn't want it now. He wants to wait, and eventually he'll do it. I don't think you realize the moment we're in. It is not, this is not normal. There's nothing normal going on in the country That's right, right now. This is not a normal time. You need a wartime speaker, somebody who is willing to confront this now because the clock is running out. And there's no more time for playing around and sucking up to donors. You have to pay attention to what the people need. And, and we need a speaker 
who understands that it's not just being a strong conservative, that America itself, the whole idea of America is under attack. And you either have to understand that and be the chief champion in the country for those values, or you have to be a good enough operator to know that that's the biggest and most important part of this coalition that elects Republicans. You better listen to them. Else, I do think, you know, people said to me yesterday, look at Republicans, it's the end of the Republican Party. And I said, yeah, but I think it could be the end of the Republican Party for different reasons. We've run around for decades saying we're going to do certain things. We have no intention of doing it, at least a lot of these electeds. Yes. No intention of doing it. They just do it because it sounds good. It gets them the donations and it gets them the votes. This should be, I mean, you know, you know this, I love this phrase that comes up every so time. It's the end of something as we know it. Yeah. Um, good. It should be the end yeah. of the Republican Party as we know it. In fact, Donald Trump's election was signaled that. the beginning of yes. that. And so much of what we've seen since Trump's election was a convulsion, was it was the body trying to reject the organ. It was trying stop trying to change yeah. me. I don't want to be more responsive to the needs of the people. You need to be. The Trump election was a warning shot uh, that that's the future of the country or else we lose it. Vince Colonnese, you're always uh, you're the perfect guy to have this conversation with. We're going to try to get this uh, out to everybody very fast. Uh, and so everybody wants me to shut up here on the set. But I just want to say one other thing. The other thing that struck me is that they tried to use the four hour riot at the Capitol on one six as a way to destroy Trumpism and MAGA and all the rest. Yeah. And they said, can't you can't we take care of the business inside the chamber so we don't have riots outside the chamber today? When the Republicans are handling it all according to the rules inside the chamber, they're being compared to insurrectionists and rebels and radicals for simply doing what should happen, which is have a real conversation about who the next Speaker of the House is. It's a a classic you can't win with this crowd. They want you to bow down and do what they want done. And it's it's another sign of how corrupted the corporate media is. That's right. Is totally. They mislead people on a routine basis. And the problem is it's not frivolous. It actually does affect people's minds. And I say this to my conservative friends all the time. You don't need to rig elections if you can rig people's minds. That's and right. that's what the press does all the time. I Nobody, clicked, I clicked through those stations and it was amazing. It was the same commentary no matter where I went. Yeah. And that's a dangerous thing in, in a democracy. You should be having great diversity at times like this. Yeah, big time. I agree. All right, Vince, uh, we're going to bring you back on as this story unfolds. And thanks, everybody, for tuning into America Uncanceled. And we'll see what's going to happen in the House of Representatives.